Hey, I'm Kim Forrester and welcome to Eudaimonia, the podcast that is all about flourishing. More than just the mundane or pleasure and pain, Eudaimonia calls for us to create a good life. It's about fulfillment, inspiration, joy. So plug in, relax and get ready for the goodness as we explore the characteristics and daily practices that can help you, your loved ones and your community flourish. According to the celebrated scientist George Land, almost every five-year-old child on the planet is a creative genius. By the age of 10, only 30% of children are still creatively gifted. And by the time we're adults, only 2% of us are innovatively, imaginatively, and creatively brilliant. Adam Hadrick is a renowned Australian photographer with a clientele that includes the creme de la creme of global celebrities, corporations, and elite sportsmen and women. His work features in media all over the world, and he has produced iconic portraits for personalities such as Daniel Craig, Jamie Oliver, and Australian cricket legend Ricky Ponting. Now, it's my absolute pleasure to be joined by Adam today to talk about the power of creativity and to explore how we can each reclaim our creative genius and unlock this incredible key to well-being, happiness, and fulfillment. Hi there, Adam. Hi, how are you going? Thanks so much for joining me here on the Eudaimonia podcast. Pleasure, can't wait. Excellent. Now, by the time you were a teenager, Adam, you were studying acting, and you were actively seeking a career in that area. What was it about the creative arts that called to you, and let's face it, enabled you to forego what would be considered more stereotypical careers for young Australian men? Well, for, for me, it was uh, it started in primary school, in uh, grade three it was, so I would have been about eight years old. And a, a primary school teacher bought in a cardboard box. I'm assuming she was a drama teacher. She bought in a cardboard box and had everyone standing around in a circle around the box. And it was an empty box, and everyone had to walk up to this box and pull something out. And it was uh, an exercise on imagination. And from then on, I was hooked on this drama, as it was back then. And I started doing it after school and, you know, to the embarrassment. uh, It was almost like I couldn't tell people I was doing drama back then, being a young Aussie male. And I I remember even being on a bus and and one of the other boys said, you do drama? And and another friend said, he's a drummer, not a drama. It's drummer. And I went, yeah, I'm a drummer. And he goes, oh, cool. You have to play us a song. (laughs) So it was one of those uh, subjects that was – there was always uh, a bit like the Billy Elliot. It was, you might as well do ballet. So, but 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 I just fell in love with it, and from a very early age. Um, so I did it at school, and then carried it on through to secondary school, and started performing at, at secondary school. And my dream back then was to be a, uh, a an actor, and then um, I ended up uh, going to university to do drama, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and I, I think when I look back at it, I think it was just a way of being, I was an extrovert, I was very loud. And I, I think from every school report from prep right through to my end of secondary school, it had the same thing. Adam is an attention seeker. Um, Adam, uh, you know, I, I basically wouldn't shut up. And so I think there was just an extension of doing that. It was just a legitimate way to do that. And uh, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed the imaginative process right from an early age. So let's talk about the university. Um, Once you went to university, you actually did a double degree. So you took on acting and photography. Now, the mechanics of both of those 
practices are actually quite different. But you spoke in a previous interview about how the essence of them were the same. What do you mean by that? What is the core concept of both photography and acting that you find to be similar? Um, yes. Yeah, so, so I started off, uh, so I went to university on a, uh, I auditioned and entered university on an acting scholarship of three years or degree. And then it was my mum who said, look, you know, maybe you should stay and do the fourth year, which is the Bachelor of Education, to be a teacher. And once again, you know, your parents telling you you should have something to fall back on. And then while at college, uh, I thought I'd uh, yeah, pick up a second major in my studies and I just sort of basically looked through the list and went, oh, photography, oh, God, how hard could that be? Um, so <laughs> so I, I picked up photography, but I just fell in love with it. I had, I had actually um, – I did it in, in year 11 and 12 at school and I found them actually both very similar. You know, they're all about the way you see the world, the way you perceive the world, opening yourself up to the world with all your senses. Mm. Um, uh, you know, especially as a drama student, we do these exercises which were based around um, hearing and so, you know, five senses, hearing, sight, touch, uh, taste and smell and, and um, like one exercise in particular where we had to sit in a circle and people, everyone had to come in with a smell in a container. And, you know, some people would bring Vegemite, some would bring off fish, some would bring candy, you know. And, and each each smell is designed to evoke an emotion and, and a feeling in you. And and thus, uh, you know, when the, you're presented with the written word, you can rely on these feelings or, or try and tap into them via those five senses that you're open to. And at the time I thought, God, what a lot of, crap but it was it's a bit the same with the photography as soon as you open your mind to the way you see um you never see the same ever again and and that's not supposed to sound like it's uh, because that's anyone can do that but you are certainly more um heightened in your awareness of your surroundings mm -hmm. and how you see and, and and ever since of of being a photographer i uh, everything becomes the way light falls the way sh you know shadows everything becomes perspective line texture Everything I see, I see the world through a lens now. I see things in macro, I see things wide, and you just never lose that. And it just, um, you know, it, it really does take over. So I, I think, you know, the, 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 the main similarities that they both have is, is, is telling a story and, um, and how you tell that story and how you make others feel. And, uh, yeah, so, so that's how I found them both very similar. I love that because from you just describing you know, your experience with both photography and acting, mm -hmm. what I detect is that creativity is not just about expression, but it's actually about how you take in the world around you. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, like, if you imagine, like, it, it both relates to communicating a feeling and, and in a photograph or whether you're doing a, a play or a performance, that's your main goal is to, is you're trying to communicate something to a third person and, um so, so they're very similar like that and, and you know, it, they both play off each other. But I've noticed even with my photography, I've taken the, the, the drama background into my photography. It always tends to sort of all of a sudden have, have a little slight kick to the left, or, you know, quite dramatic sort of kick to the left. So if I'm told to do a normal portrait, all of a sudden I'll make the blokes tie round or do, you know. Mm. So, so there's always that dramatic element to the photography that just comes naturally from the performance side. And, and I guess just some of my strength when I get employed is because I utilise those techniques to try and get people to uh, 
I, I try and get a little bit more out of people, whereas it might be a straight portrait where they'll say, I'll get at him because you'll be able to convince someone to do anything. So, And you do employ those directing techniques and those things you learned at college to try and break people down. Well, not break them down, but you try and um, get people to open up. And and, there's, uh, and there are things you employ to try and do that, that that I learned from the drama side of college. So they do go hand in hand and have worked uh, in shaping uh, my style, I suppose. Let's expand that concept a little bit yeah. further because you said that you, you find that you can bring your drama into your photography. How does your photography or your creativity in general, because I know you also paint and do art as well, um, how does that expand into other facets of your life? So research shows that highly creative children actually grow into highly innovative adults and um, they also have exceptional problem-solving skills. Now, you're obviously a highly creative adult, so do you find that your creative outlets, your creative profession has benefits in other areas of your life, in, such as in the way that you solve problems or approach problems or even in the way that you approach social situations? Look, but being creative, I'm a very inquisitive person. I've always enjoyed the social element of my job. I, that's why I'm a people photographer. I don't necessarily go out and shoot landscapes or still objects or, you know, um, uh, buildings or anything. I, I, I'm very much into people. So my job has allowed me that ability to interact with all types of people. And I like to think that's my greatest skill. I can literally talk to anyone and, and, and genuinely enjoy that conversation and meeting those types of people. So you know, they do spill into each other. It's a, it's, a, it's a way of living really when and how you engage with the world. Mm. And like I said before, it's how you see the world and how you put that into a visual interpretation being a picture or a performance, etc. So, um, whether I problem solve any, my wife would say no. But I, I do see differently, and mm. and I do look left of centre, and and I do walk around something and and ask questions. And I guess that's the way it sort of spills into my life. Like my wife uh, is a she works in a government job, and it's, and it's um, probably you know there's a straight answer to everything, and I'll always question something as well why can't they just you know that seems so mm. obvious wouldn't they just oh my god you know oh government oh god they're straight aren't they you know so there is ways that where your life is consumed by the way you see and how you see and that's the same for everyone you know I'm, I'm not sure the maybe maybe the creativity does make a bearing on it but I'm you know I think that's the same for everyone now as I mentioned in my intro studies have shown that 98% of five-year-olds are creative geniuses um, but nearly all of us lose that brilliance by the time we're adults. Was there something in your childhood that allowed you to retain and even enhance your creative spark? Um, I think it comes back to the importance of play. Like, you mm. know, when we're kids and we play and we pick up a stick and it's a, it becomes a wand or a, it becomes a sword and, you know, that importance of cognitive learning and imagination and creativity uh, it, it, I, it was always in me, and I don't know if that's just part of just your DNA, whether you're just born with that, like, you know, the way you're born an extrovert or an introvert and, and whether, you know, for me it's it's been lucky that I've been able to carry it on to adulthood. And and even to this day I've never, ever felt like I've gone to work. It's kind of weird, but I've never woke up and thought I'm going to work. It's, it's, it's kind of like an extension of your being where just that creative – passion to drive and to create something creative and, and to at the end of the day finish with a photograph in your hand that represents that day's work and you, your thought process and um and you know I, I think 
for, from a young age, it, I think it's 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 built in you and it's nurtured and 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 some people, like you said, some people lose it uh, for whatever reason. Mm. I don't think everyone loses it. I think people just uh, occupied by their lives and they get on with work and they maybe get pushed into areas of life where they would necessarily wouldn't necessarily have chosen mm. um, I make the example of my uncle who's a he's a bricklayer and he's been bricklaying for for 40 years or something and and all of a sudden he secretly went and entered a sculptural contest on the Mornington Peninsula and he won first prize two thousand dollars he didn't tell anyone he went and gathered all these metal objects around the yard on the weekend and weld, he was in this shed welding, welding them and his wife was wondering what the hell he was doing and he secretly went and entered this competition. And so people are people have this creative ability but they, they suppress it or they don't allow themselves the mm. opportunity. And, and he was so embarrassed when people found out he'd won this and I rang him and said, that is fantastic, how, how awesome. And I think a lot of people are like that, given the chance to express themselves creatively, they that they, they would definitely find it and definitely have it and, uh, and definitely enjoy it more to the point because it's supposed to be enjoyable and certainly is for me. Um, let's go back to childhood creativity because you are a father. Do you parent your son in such a way that inspires, encourages and enables creativity in him? Oh, oh definitely, definitely. And, and, you know, and the creative also brings, you know, an emotional intelligence to to the things you do as well, so so I, I definitely try and nurture it, and and it's and it's you know especially these days where everything is so focused around a screen, and you know as much as you try and suppress that screen time, like a lot of parents are battling with at the moment, it, you know I think the realities are the future is going to be, you know, children who are engaged so much with technology mm. that it's it's very hard to fight now, and um, you know and for me personally, it's about finding that time. And really making that conscious effort to realise, you know, the, the, the growth that is that is needed for children in allowing them to express their imagination and mm. their creativity, and not only good for cognitive learning, but like you know, just getting them outside and and you know, it could be anything. It could be collecting leaves and just the very basic things. Like I try and just do simple things, you know, around um, you know role playing and and simple things around drawing on a box and making something or you know just just finding simple things to engage in a creative and an imaginative side of your brain and um and it's amazing your response you get from kids you know and and you know as much as sometimes it takes me half an hour to get the phone out of his hands to actually do that but <laughs> yeah. you know and, and it's a bit of kicking and screaming and crying when he's there and most kids when they're there and they're engaged with it they're they're fantastic and yeah, when his mates come over, I, I make a conscious effort to get them all together and and go outside and try and do something that makes them engage with their with that side of their brain, and and it's and it's such fun to watch. <laughs> I see the immediate link there back to play. You were yep. saying that you played a lot in your yep. childhood. The yep. first time you tried drama, it was just all play. Yeah, and um, maybe not just for our children, but for ourselves. Maybe that's the point is for us to learn to insert a little bit more play into our lives because in that play the creativity naturally flows yeah 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 definitely and and i think everyone should uh, have that ability to to go back and and imagine you know i mean it's very hard everyone gets busy and you know i, I tell my wife this all the time and she rolls her eyes at me and thinks i'm going off on a on a t- tangent and but but it's true and then we can do it on the most basic 
of levels too. Like it, it, even if you're inspired by, by something, like inspiration can come from anywhere and everywhere. It can come from a, something written. It can come from nature. It can come from a, someone who's done a deed that inspires you. It can come from art. It can come from music, obviously. So you know, anyone can be inspired and inspiration can make people creative. Like it can inspire you to create um you know, and, and creation and creativity can come on any level, multiple levels. Maybe it's my uncle who picked up pieces of metal in his backyard and welded them. And, and my, my sister bought me a glass blowing course for Christmas. And I looked at it and I said, um, I said, what's this, a glass blowing course? She goes, yeah, you're creative. I thought you'd like that. And I went, oh, for God's sake, <laughs> glass blowing. I said, God, I'm creative. But so I, I went off to this <laughs> glass blowing course. It was a full day. And by the end of the day, I wanted to be a glass blower. I came home and said to my wife, I love this. Um, I just absolutely love it. And yeah. it was just being in that yeah. space where you're creating. And, you know, it's also creativity is supposed to bring a joy. In, and it was certainly joyful and, and sharing the experience with others that were there. And just, it's just stepping out of the day to day. And, and, you know, maybe it's just a, you know, maybe in being creative, you're just finding a way to bring a peace and a happiness to your life. And maybe that's what creativity is for some. But, you know, on the other side of that, you know, creativity has its also it's it's down. You know, I do it, but there's a difference between creativity as a hobby and creativity as a living. Minds are living, mm-hmm. and for days, you know, sometimes you can go into very dark places with your creativity. Some days I can't see. I go on a job and I just can't see. I literally things go go black, and I just oh, and I can't see a shot, and I can't connect with this person, and it's you just have an off day, and you and you beat yourself up, and then you beat yourself up, and you know I had an exhibition last year, and it was the most nerve wracking experience of my life, where when all of a sudden you're being judged, you're putting stuff on a wall, and you're being judged by it, and it's and I've never, I've you know I've been I'm a very confident person, and and I've you know never been shy, but all of a sudden, God, an exhibition, I was I was water beforehand, I thought, oh my God. And, um, it, you know, it really is like so, so you have that self-doubt sets in and, and you go, oh, maybe it's maybe it's all crap and no one's going to respond to it and all this effort you put into travelling to these remote places to get these shots. and you, So so there's that. Uh, and I think that's a lot for, for all creators, whether it be music or, or people who write or paint. There's just always this self-doubt that's always lingering behind you where you just don't feel you're good enough or... Or, you know, I, I went for a job recently and another photographer got the job and I saw it and I got, went into a day of depression because I saw it and he, he did a ripper job and I thought, oh, <laughs> you know, I'm crap, I'm never going to work again, you know. And, and so you're forever battling and that's where you, when your creativity becomes that beast behind you and where it, when, it's, when it's not always the happy uh, place that you know, most people would assume it is where, you know, and that's my difference. All I'm saying is there is a hobby and there's a living out of it. And a living, you can, you know, a sure. hobby should be joyful and a living, it is joyful, but you do have the opposite. It's not all just uh, skipping and uh, rainbows. But what And strike- ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> what strikes me there, though, is that inspiration obviously plays a huge part in creativity. So in those dark moments where you say everything goes black and you can't see, something must pull you out. Do you find yourself inspired somehow to get on with the shoot? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, the, the, the realities of doing it commercially is you've, you've got to pull yourself out pretty quickly. Mm. But, but you know, inspiration comes from anywhere, like I said before, anywhere and everywhere. Like you can be inspired by the most simplest things, you know, and, and, and sometimes, you know, 
allowing yourself the the ability to slow down sometimes and and you know so fast you know mm. you know I'm sitting we're in Singapore at the moment so sitting in a, a hawker market and just watching the world and 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 looking at moments and and really and comes back to teaching yourself to see and and sometimes you just got to look at the bigger picture and and you know you do have bad days with the camera like any job you know you can uh, it's the same as anyone who works in an office job you have days where you're just off and you, you know, and you've got to be able to pick yourself yeah. up pretty quickly, and 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 realise that the next job's going to be better and bigger, and you actually find yourself working harder to make it bigger and better. So I want to flip that on its head. Then, I wonder if many people in this world are seeking inspiration. There's nothing better than feeling inspired about life, and it actually increases our sense of well-being and happiness. Do you think that it's possible to have inspiration without creativity? Oh, definitely, definitely. Like you, you, you can walk into. To amazing buildings, and you know when we when we travel and we see these places, and you you know there's those moments to take your breath away mm-hmm. when you first see Petra and Jordan or Anchor Wat, you know, with the physicality of the space, and you take a step back and you go, wow, and 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 you know, and that's where you know inspiration comes to all people in all forms. Um, I don't think they go hand in hand. I, I don't have to be inspired to be creative, and. Um, it certainly helps. I think the inspiration drives the creativity when you do, you know, you can be, you, like I can see a great photograph and go, right, oh, my God, that's amazing. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna do better than that, you know. It, it drives you to be a better and, and it should and that's what inspiration is. And um, I don't, but, but you can be inspired and not necessarily be creative. So I'm going to take away your professional creativity and let's talk about what you do to have fun, to play on the side. And sometimes, of course, your job is also play. Um, But a New Zealand study actually shows that being creative one day quite literally makes you happy the next. Yeah, right. Um, Yeah. New Zealand does a lot of studies. Yeah, we do. (laughs) There's not much to do down there. We research stuff. (laughs) But um, do you find that doing something creative for you do you think that can? Do you find that, that that helps you lift out of out of dark moods or dark holes? Oh, definitely, definitely, and, and and that's what it should be. Like you know, you shouldn't be forced to be creative. Creativity is supposed to bring joy. It's supposed to bring a sense of well being, a, a, a happiness, and you know, for me, it is. And and you know, that's not to say all creatives are like that. Some people who paint go into very dark spaces to get to those paintings and. And you know, so there's all different forms. But but, but for me, I you know, for, for me, I, I I write as well. Like you know, I'll I'll write a stand up comedy sketch just like that, just for fun. You know, and I'll walk into the bedroom at midnight and wake my wife. So listen to this, <laughs> and she'll just look at me and say, "Have you finished?" And I'll go, "Yep, sure, thank you," and turn the light out, and I'll go back giggling to. <laughs> and I I think it's just an exercise. It's you know, sometimes it's just a brain exercise to. To get the creative juices flowing and to, and to start thinking and and um, so yeah, I mean for, for me, you know, all, all those sorts of outlets, you know, I, I do for purely for enjoyment, you know, and mm. and it's uh, and like I said before, and the, the ability to to go to work and not look at it as work and, and never think of it as work, even um, on those dark days. Oh look, yeah, yeah, <laughs> even those dark days, it's. Um, you know, we're not we're not brain surgeons. We're not saving lives. We're we're taking photographs, and no one dies by a photograph, or um, or in the commercial arena. There's um so you know I also keep it pretty real and, and realize it's pretty lucky to be able to 
you know, like you're meeting fresh people every day. And, and for me, I've, I've, you know, I've met just all walks of life and, you know, from I've met royalty all the way down to crocodile farmers and there's something that you get from every single person you meet on all levels and all different parts of society and cultures and, and there's something very rewarding in that and how it shapes you as well and how you see the world. If we're seeking to be more creative, is it worth hanging around with creative people? Do you find that you are more inspired, more creative when you hang out with people who are, you know, resonating on a similar level? Right. It's real. Reminds me of being in the 70s, sitting around in a room and <laughs> humming. Um, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Um, you know, you know I, I think I think the perfect example is, is uh, on a Friday night in Melbourne, I have a little local cafe slash bar I go to and it's made up of all walks of life and and there's a, there's a high court judge there's a professional footballer there's gardeners there's um, people who make wine and and no one cares who you are mm. and and everyone and, and it's, it's there where you learn that everyone has a a flair for creativity and, and I think everyone loves creativity but mm. you know people are you know, attracted to certain forms of that you know some people love music oh you got to listen to this this is fantastic some people find it in oh you got to read this article you got to read this book you've got you know but you're talking about hanging out with you know all sorts of different folk and it sort of brings me right back to one of the very first comments you made literally that creativity it starts with just taking in the world around you obviously so just taking in the people around you as they are as they present themselves whether they're creatives or bricklayers right yeah yeah and and you know the, the important thing for, for me as a creative and especially when you do it um as a as a job is you have to you have to have a project that you do just for the passion of it and and i i try and do a project every year that's just for me and mm. it's just about me and the camera and not, um, not the camera and I, uh, the camera and I, and not about, uh, you know, a room full of clients and, and uh, art directors and, and models or performers and stylists and makeup artists and assistants and everyone else who's on, on a crew. It's just about you and the camera and how you see. So, so I think it's really important to – and then it's got to be something you, you're doing with a passion. So, so last year I went and did a um, – a project in the the most remote parts of Australia, an mm. Aboriginal project, and you don't know, just takes so long to get to, and it takes so long to get permission and four levels of government to be allowed there, and it's a very personal project, and and you do it out of love, and and it's literally if you don't do it from the right space, you're just not going to connect to it. And I've been out there half a dozen times working on this, and it just gets easier every time you start seeing it differently, and even. You know, if I was to go now, it would change from the last time I went and all of a sudden I think I have a clearer picture of doing it and it's only through that experience of doing it you get better at it because the one thing about acting and photography is, is they can't be – you can't get better from reading reading about them mm. in books. They're just things that have to be done by failing um, and getting better by, by that failure. And, you know, you can read as many books as you want about photography or acting, but until you're engaging with the physical being of being on stage or being in front of a camera or, or in the photography sense of actually holding a camera and, and, and looking through a lens and, and um, you know, that's how you learn and that's how you get better at it. And, you know, for me, these personal projects allow me to redefine my style. They allow me to, to go back to just you know, just enjoying holding that camera again. I've got one final question for you, Adam, and it's a question that I ask all of my guests on the Udemonia podcast. 
Can you offer my listeners a morning reminder? So this can be a practice or a ritual or even a mantra, something that my listeners can do each day to inspire themselves into greater creativity. Um, yeah, I think slow down. It's mm-hmm. amazing how the, with the pace that we live our lives now, just allowing yourself the opportunity to to see and experience, and sometimes that means stepping out of your comfort zone, but but allowing yourself to do something creative and, and maybe doing it with someone like, and do it for enjoyment, do it for the right reason. Don't be forced to be creative, but 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 do it out of, you know, think back to a time when you were young or creative or you did experience or, or and it could be anything. There's, there's so many, there's so many vast different ways to be creative, but I think, you know, enjoying it and, and allowing yourself the moment to, to be, and that comes down to slowing down. Just uh, that's my one thing, you know, every now and then I catch myself out and it's just, you know, just it's almost like resetting and just go and do the most simplest of tasks that bring joy and, you know, I connect the two, the creativity and the joy in the same sentence and, mm. you know, um, it's not for everyone. Like, you know, some people, I tell my brother, my brother's, you know, uh, we were, I was a large family and he was, you know, he was a mechanic who raced motorbikes and cars and all his mates would gather around the engine and, but, you know, finding any sort of joy out of, you know, for him it might have been painting the race car is a form mm-hmm. of creativity. So there yeah. are in the in those people who say, uh, you know, or don't see any value in the arts or any sort of, um, you know, you know, th- there are ways of connecting to it on an enjoyable level if you allow yourself. I completely and, agree. And if you do it with someone else, all the better. Adam, if people want to come and see your amazing images, uh, where do they find you? Um. I'll be appearing at the shopping. No, um, <laughs> no it's uh, adamhadrick.com. That's A-D-A-M-H-A-D-D-R-I-C-K.com. And uh, there's a, a little bit of uh, advertising, editorial, portrait, travel, bit of everything. And, cool. Um, and there's yeah, an Instagram a, account to come at some point it, in the it's, future. It's to come. It's to come. Um, <laughs> it, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. It has been an absolute pleasure sitting here with yeah. you and chatting about creativity. For me, creativity is just a, it's a cornerstone of my life and my existence. And so it's such a pleasure to share, no, share the great. space with you. Really enjoyed it. Take care. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Kim. The American businessman D. Hock once said, make an empty space in any corner of your mind and creativity will instantly fill it. You've been listening to the Eudaimonia podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how to live a truly flourishing life, please subscribe and check out eudaimoniapod.com for more inspiring episodes. I'm Kim Forrester. Until next time, be well, be good to yourself and create without limitation. The 2019 Wellness Summit is almost here. I love being at these events. They're always such a great positive environment. It's been really great to um, listen to like-minded people and to um, meet a few people actually. I've been to every summit and I've been to every one and I'll always keep coming. It's always inspiring. It's been a real eye-opener. We're actually signed up to go to the Breakthrough now. It's very motivating. I think it's great to listen to people who are inspired. And there's always something to learn and something to take away. I think uh, for myself and giving myself that um, opportunity to, to learn. There's so much going on in life and everything that you can get distracted and forget the things that you should be doing. And this always reminds you to get back on track and, and um, to focus on the things that are important, a holistic health. 
just do it, yeah, just yeah, suck it up and do it. It's uh, it could be life changing, yeah. I would say it's awesome, and it's the start of changing your life. Come along, see what it's about, and enjoy it. It's an amazing event with like-minded, positive people, and you can't help but um, walk away feeling great. Positive Mentor presents the 2019 Wellness Summit, August 17 and 18 in Melbourne. Can you afford to miss out? Tickets at thewellnesssummit.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.